0: The Tennis Game Wing Podcast on the Sports Game Podcast Network is brought to you by Game Time. Sign tickets without the stress. Use promo code SGPN on your first purchase. Save $20. Download the Game Time app and use promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Play the Underdog Pick'em in college or NFL. They want 20 times your money in one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away $100,000. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus up to $500. And welcome, everybody, to the Tennis gambling Podcast here on the Sports Game Podcast Network. It is currently Monday evening, October 2nd. And I'm your host, so always, Scott Rochelle, once again, going solo for this pod. Should be a fun episode. We have three matches to preview, two semifinal matches in Beijing, followed by the final and Astana, and we're actually going to go through those matches in that exact order. Before we get into any of those three matches, do want to recap how we did in the last episode. Overall, we crushed it. Starting off with the Lock and Dog picks, ended up sweeping. We had Majedovic to win a set against Korda at minus 140 as our lock. He won the first set and then ended up losing in three. Not a problem, though. Did end up winning a set, so he got the job done. And for the dog, we had Zverev and Jari over two and a half sets at plus 160. That got there as Jari did win the second. And said via tiebreaker. So we, bro- we broke out the brooms. A nice bounce back sweep for us after going over. In our last episode, before that, but also for the actual leans in the matches on Monday, we crushed it. Starting off with the matches in Beijing, we were wrong about Medvedev winning in straight sets. He did win in three, so we did get that one wrong. However, we did have Zverev winning in three. That happened. We had Alcaraz burying Rude in straight sets, which happened, and we also had Sinner winning. But we did pick Dimitrov plus the games at around three and a half, and he covered as he ended up only losing by three. And on top of that, we got every single quarter right in the Beijing tournament, as we had Mebedev, we had Zverev, we had Alcaraz, and Sinner. We went chalk, and chalk reigned supreme in all four quarters, so that's a couple of other outrights to add to our collection. But the point is, we ended up doing a good job with the matches in Beijing for Monday, both from a prediction standpoint and as well as the quarter bets we made pre-tournament. But for the actual semis in Astana, we did well in there, too. We had Majedovic once again to win a set, which was our lock, which got there. Also had the over in that match, and we also liked Majedovic money line. The money line fell short. Unfortunately, Majedovic did lose a three-set marathon involving no... Breaks of serve in about three hours. Isner would be proud, but Horta got the job done as he did win the final two tiebreakers, 7-2 and 7-3. So got the job done there with our actual lock and with the overs in that match. And for the other match, we didn't really give out any picks for Manorino because we did think that he would win the match. We weren't exactly sure how, but we did have Manorino winning. So we did get that one right. I know he was a favorite, a pretty decent favorite there in the, I want to say minus 200 range, give or take. But I do think, once again, Mev- I thought that uh, Manarino was going to win, and he did. So pretty good job there. Unfortunately, ended up not doing well with the Astana quarters as Korda. We ended up fading, kind of, because he was against Papyron in the first round, which was not easy. And we did think that Greek 4 had a path. Uh, we did have Majedovic to... Uh, actually, no, I take it back. We had Majedovic to win the... Well, we had him to win the quarter. We didn't actually have him to make a deep run. So Majedovic definitely got us some money in that tournament as well as Manorino, but we had neither of them in the final as Manorino's price was too cheap. So we do not have Corda or Manorino in the final. So we're going to have to take our quarter winners there at around two to one each and just move on to the next tournament. But for the sake of the picks yesterday, once again, did solid. Or picks on Monday, I should say, did solid. And hopefully that carries over into Tuesday. Starting off with the Beijing tournament because chronologically speaking, that is starting at 4:30 a.m. Eastern time, while the Astana tournament is starting at 5:30. So we are going to start off with Beijing. Starting off with the first of two very entertaining semis on paper. You have Zverev taking on Medvedev. Medvedev is a pretty decent favorite here at minus two sixteen. Zverev is plus one eighty six the other way. As for the spread, Medvedev minus three and a half is plus one ten. Zverev plus three and a half is minus one thirty five. Over under is at twenty two and a half. Over is minus 117. Under is minus 103. As for the actual sets, over two and a half sets is plus 135. And you can find Medvedev to win in straight sets at plus 130. Zverev to win a set is minus 160. And Zverev to win in straight sets is plus 375. Now, historically speaking, this has been a very long rivalry because this is going to be the 17th match between these two players. 16 times they faced off. And this is also going to be the fifth time this year they faced off. Now, so far this year, two meetings on hardcore, two on clay. Medvedev did win three of the four. However, Zverev did win the most recent meeting, which was a hardcourt match in Cincinnati, where he did win in three. Thanks to some advice from Alcaraz, I believe they shared during a golf round that they had while they were in Cincinnati. But apparently Alcaraz gave him the keys to the puzzle and or gave him the keys to the lock, so to speak. He ended up seeing Alcaraz give Zverev a game plan to help him beat Medvedev, which worked out because it was a marathon, but Zverev got the job done. Now, that is a... Pretty rare victory for Zverev against Medvedev because even though it is 9-7 in the head-to-head, Zverev's success was very front-loaded because Medvedev, even with that loss in Cincinnati, has won... Eight of the last 10 meetings. So I do think when you're what you're expecting to see in this match is a war, and I agree, because there has been a fair share of three setters. In fact, three of the last four to head meetings, three of the four this year went to three sets, regardless of surface. So I do expect to see a marathon. I do think Zverev is alive to win this match, but I, there is some concern for me when it comes to Zverev's stamina, because even though he was able to dispatch of Jari pretty easily in that third set... He's played a lot of three-set matches recently. In fact, to go through the exact number of three-set matches, all three matches in Beijing have gone to three sets for Zverev, and even in his tournament run in Chengdu, three of the four matches there did go to three. So six of the last seven for Zverev have gone the distance. And Medvedev did go the distance against Umber, but he hasn't exactly played much tennis since the U.S. Open. He should be more rested. And I do think that, once again, he's in a line to put together a good performance if this ends up being a marathon match, which I expect it to be. But you're looking at Medvedev's path, beat Paul in straight sets, beat Dimanao in straight sets, and once again, lost a set to Umber. But if this is a marathon, I do wonder if Zverev physically is going to hold up after all the tennis he's played for the last week and change. But I do think this price point is a little bit high. I think that Medvedev should be closer to minus 175, minus 160. So I think there is value on Zverev one but I do think the plus three and a half games is the preferred way I'd go about backing Zverev. However, my favorite play in this match is going to be the over two and a half sets at plus 135. You're just expecting Zverev to do what he's what he's done in the past two weeks, which is go the distance and find a way to make this match very competitive and long. I see it being that exact way. I'm going to lean to Medvedev in three, but I am going to go with once again the over two and a half sets of my favorite selection at plus 135, followed by Zverev, plus three and a half games at minus 135. And moving on to the other very entertaining semifinal on paper, you have Sinner against Alcaraz, which is always a very fun time. This is going to be the first matchup since Miami, where Sinner did win in three before losing to Medvedev in the final, eventually in that tournament, I believe. But looking at the actual lines here, Alcaraz is currently a minus 325 favorite, and you have Sinner at plus 270 as for the game spread you have Alcaraz being a roughly minus four favorite around minus four or juice minus three and a half but the point is you're looking at what should be a very fun match at least based on what history has told us but center being the plus 270 underdog does look quite appealing based on the history and once again you're looking at the over under at 21 and a half the over is minus 120 under is plus 100 and if you want to go for the set here you can get three sets at plus 160. Alcaraz to win in straight sets is minus 110 and center to win a set is minus 120. Now I said based on history this should be a competitive match and you're blindly looking at the over because to go through the actual history between these players you can find including Grand Slime events because I got to mention the Wimbledon match as well as the U.S. Open war that was last year. There's been a lot of marathon matches. In fact, uh, to go through them, for the last five matches have involved these players splitting the first two sets, which does bode well for the over two and a half sets. However, I wanted to at least mention the form of both players because Alcaraz has looked a lot better. So far in this event, as Alcaraz has not dropped the set and he's beaten very good competition. So Alcaraz ended up beating rude Monday morning, got off to a slow start. I believe he was down 3 nothing to start that match, and then flipped the switch and absolutely buried Rude as he won 6-4-6-2. Before that, beat Musetti, 6-2-6-2, 6-2, and before that beat Hoffman, 6-4-6-3. As for Sinner. He had one very easy win and two marathons because he beat Dimitrov in three on Monday, which was a very entertaining match, killed Nishioka 6 6-0, but also had some difficulties against Evans in the first round as he was battling an injury midway through the second set. He was able to overcome it once again, but the point is Sinner has had to be on the court a lot longer than Alcaraz, and I do wonder if potential injury or fatigue is going to play a factor for Sinner in this match. I said it's going to be competitive on paper, The keywords on paper, because I personally think Alcaraz is going to win, and I think this match might be a bit of a dud. I hope I'm wrong, because these two getting together to play against each other is all-time content, historically speaking. But I really think Alcaraz is going to avenge his loss in Miami. If you remember that match, Alcaraz was winning pretty comfortably, and then physically he completely deteriorated based on his fatigue. He completely gassed out and there were some reports after the match that Alcaraz did not properly prep fluid-wise or just preparation-wise, routine-wise, I mean, for his match in the Miami Heat. And as a result... Stamina-wise, Alcaraz plummeted, and Sinner was able to take advantage in route to a win. But Alcaraz, I believe, was up either a set and a break or just a set. But the point is, he was looking like he was going to win, and then physically, he fell apart. And I do think that Alcaraz is going to be somewhat conscious in the back of his mind of that loss. Not in the same sense of prepping better, but I do think he's going to try to avenge that loss against one of his biggest rivals. Now, Sinner brings his best stuff against Alcaraz when they play. But I do, once again, have questions about the injury that he suffered earlier in the event, as well as the, uh, I'd say, longer matches he's been in. Two separate three-setters compared to Alcaraz, who's been cruising the entire way through. I think that gives an edge to Alcaraz. He's looked very good in this overall environment, and I do think he's going to get the job done. I'm actually going to lean to Alcaraz straight sets. I think he's going to win. It might be competitive. You might see a similar story to their first ever match on hard court, which was in... Paris back in 2021, where Alcaraz did win, but it was 7-6-7-5. Two competitive sets, which could go either way. Maybe like Indian Wells, a 7-6-6-3, where it is very close. Maybe Alcaraz fights off some set points, but Alcaraz does eventually win in straight sets. That's kind of how I'm leaning. If you want to go for value, though, I don't hate the over two and a half sets at plus 160. Because historically speaking, plus 160 is a very good deal. But based on form... I think this match might be a bit underwhelming, and I think I am going to link to Alcaraz to win in straight sets. Moving on to the final. In Astana between Corda and Manorino. They've never faced off in the head-to-head as so there is no data to go through, but Corda is the favorite at minus 150. Manorino is the underdog at plus 130. As for the spread, Corda 2.5 is plus 100. Manorino plus 2.5 is minus 120. Over-under is at 22 and a 22.5. The over is minus 110. The under is minus 110. If you want to go for the set wagering, the over 2.5 sets is plus 125. Under 2.5 sets is minus 155. And if you want to look for the... Actual set spread here. Quarter minus one and a half sets is plus 170. Manorino to win a set is a minus 210. And Manorino to win in straight sets is plus 300. Quarter to win a set is minus 400. Now, for the actual path of these players, Manorino has had an easier go of it, but he's also faced off against easier competition. So to look at the actual path for Manorino in this event... Did have a pretty straightforward win against Rinderknich in the first round. Then had a three-setter against a relative unknown. But since that point, ended up beating Rodionov, who upset Baez to do Manorino a favor. And he beat Offner. Who beat the likes of Bublik and a team? I'm not saying teamed as good as he used to be, obviously, but the point is, oftener wasn't expected to make a deep run. So, Manorino's had a pretty easy path against Cinderella Stories, while Korda's had some difficult matchups. He ended up beating Papyron in the first round. Papyron won a title this year on Clay and Umog, but still, the point is, Papyron is a pretty solid player. Borges was a pretty nice gift for Korda, was competitive, did win in. A competitive two sets, though. Greek Spore is tough. Greek Spore was the one seed in this event, so did win that one in three and then beat Majedovic, who was in great form, having won, I believe it was eight or nine straight matches, and that was a war. So Korda, fitness-wise, could have some problems because he's gone to three sets in three of the four, including each of the last two. So Manorino's had an easier path. Now, I do think talent-wise, Korda is the better player, but Manorino's had a great year. And when you're looking at the difficulty of facing off against Manorino, he's a very unique player. I mentioned this time and time again. It's why we've backed him a lot on this podcast for the past couple of months. It's the fact that you really can't prep for him. Corda is a standard, keep the ball in play. Very nice forehand, pretty solid backhand, which is why people like the upside for Corda in the future. I have questions about his mental toughness, but I do once again acknowledge it is easier to prep for Corda than it is for Manorino, because Manorino hits the flattest ball in the entire tour. And I really don't know how you prep for a lefty who hits the ball that flat. And I do think Manarino should have some success in this match against Corda because of it. Now, do I think that Manarino is going to win? I think it's definitely possible because Korda is potentially going to be fatigued with the amount of three setters he's had. He had a three hour match, all tiebreakers against Majedovic, which should have taken a lot of out of him physically which is why he had a pretty loud yell after the match, rightfully so, anytime you win a marathon like that. But I do wonder physically if Corda is going to be able to fully maintain his level for three sets compared to Manorino. Manorino has done very well so far this year, mostly in the grass season. But I do have to point out, it is a tricky kind of balancing act because Corda has had marathons, but he's beaten better competition. And Manorino's had an easier path against weaker competition. So something's got to give. Either Manorino's going to struggle with the step-up in competition, or Court is going to struggle with his fatigue after having this many long matches against quality op- opposition. I think for the sake of this matchup, since it is kind of a coin flip in my eyes, I am going to link to Manorino. If he loses, would I be shocked? No, I think it's going to be a very competitive match. I would link to the over two and a half sets. I think my favorite play would be the over because I do think you're going to end up seeing potentially a tiebreaker. From what I've seen in Astana, I've heard reports it is a pretty slow, hard court, but I find that hard to believe because there's been a lot of matches with no breaks of serve. We've seen Korda and Majedovic go to three sets and no breaks. You had Giron and uh, I'm trying to remember who his opponent was in the first round, but Girone, it was Walranka. Giron and Walranka had a three-set marathon as well with no breaks. You've really barely seen any breaks of serve compared to other hard courts in this event. So I think when you're looking at the expectation, even though both players aren't the greatest at serving, Corda has been better. At serving, so I don't know if I'm going to flip flop here, but plus 130 is pretty appealing in what I think should be a marathon match. I'm going to lean to the over, though. I think that's a safer play, and I am going to go with the over two and a half sets at plus 125. I think if you want to go for the game spread for a, of the game total, I mean for a team total, I don't mind that. Cord is at 12 and a half at minus 120, and Reno's at 12 at minus 135. I would not be shocked to see a tiebreaker at some point in this match, because once again, the court has resulted in a lot of holds between players. So that is kind of the path I'm expecting. I am looking for an over, and I am looking for a competitive match that I think Manarino is pretty live in. So I am going to go with the plus 130. Do I think there's going to be breaks? Because the over under four and a half breaks in the match combined is minus 150, and the I mean, the under is minus 150, the over is plus 120. Mandarino to break twice is minus 150 him to not break twice is plus 120 and quarter to break three times is plus 110 and for him to break less than three times is minus 140. It's pretty tricky because once again, you have really not seen many breaks, which is why this line does feel short. It's also why I'm leaning to the over. So I think the over is going to be my main play here and we'll move on from there. But that's going to wrap it up for the three matches on the card for Tuesday morning. Now it's time for the Lock and Dog Picks. But before we get into any of that, kind of a quick word from our sponsor. We're brought to you by Game Time. I don't know about all of you, but I personally love attending sporting events in person. It used to be very annoying to actually do because you had to find a ticket Platform that you could trust, but that changed once I found out about Game Time. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all these sports, and music, comedy, and theaters near you. And they also have some great features on their app, including images of seat views. Maybe in the past, you bought a ticket and you thought you're going to get a great view of the action, and next thing you know, you had an obstruction in your way, and you realize you wasted money because you could not see the action you were paying to see. That's not an issue with the Game Time app because with the images of seat views feature, it'll show you the exact view. You will get if you purchase a specific seat so once again you don't have to worry about getting an obstructed view plus game time is the place for last minute ticket deals forget planning months in advance game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. And if you find the tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. Sign tickets without the stress with GameTime, download the GameTime app, create an account, use code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. And from now until October 4th, Underdog is matching 100% of first deposits up to $500. $100,000 Sundays continue. Underdog Fantasy, total of $2 million in prizes all season long. $100K in prizes this week. 10K to 10 people this week, new sweepstakes every week of the NFL season. And you should also watch along, make your picks, and maybe make some cash over at Underdog's mobile app or website, UnderdogFantasy.com. And when you sign up with promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $500. So Fantasy promo code SGPN. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gameway podcast. Just finished previewing the Tuesday matches on the men's side in Beijing and Astana. Now it's time to get into the lock and dog picks for the show. Starting off with the lock, I am going to go back to the first match between Medvedev and Zverev. And I am going to go with Zverev plus three and a half games at minus 135. Simply put, in this line's too big. We saw Medvedev was a bit vulnerable against Umberh on Monday. Zverev keeps going to marathon matches, but he keeps winning. And you're looking at the recent head-to-head matches. Zverev has been very competitive in these matches, win or lose. And the fact that he did win the last match, I think, is going to give him an advantage, at least psychologically, because he's not going to be intimidated by a guy who's beaten him eight of the last ten. Plus, the fact that Alcaraz did help him with a game plan months ago, and it worked out, does make him believe that Zverev does have some tricks up his sleeve on how to get the job done. Now, the reason why I'm taking the spread instead of the over two and a half sets is the fact that I can see a world where Medvedev does win a competitive two sets where maybe it ends up going 7-6-7-6 or 7-5-7-6 and that way you do get it covered but Zverev if it goes three sets should still cover the spread if you want to look at the head-to-head matches in the past I'm trying to go as far back as I possibly can Zverev in these three setters hasn't I don't believe, ever covered. So the point is you're looking at what should be a match that's long, very competitive, but I do think three and a half games is too big of a spread to be giving Zverev here. Give me Zverev plus three and a half as my lock. For my dog, I did think about taking the over two and a half sets again at plus 135 in the same match, but I don't know if I actually want to double down on the same match. I think for this one, I am going to go to the Manorino and quarter match, and I am going to go with the over. Two and a half sets here at plus one twenty-five. Simply put, Court has been involved in a lot of marathons, and his level has once again had a bit of a roller coaster ride in every match, where it's been very good for one set, bad in the next set, and then very good again for the third set. But I do think Manorino, even though he has had an easy path here. He hasn't really played anybody, and I do think Cord is a pretty big step up in competition compared to the likes of Offner, for example. So I do think you're going to see both guys have moments here. I think you might see a longer match, and I do think because of that, I am going to go with an over two and a half sets And what I think is a coin flip. If you want to take Manorino money line at plus 130, I don't hate that either. But I am a bit scared off because I do acknowledge Korda is the better player. So for me, I'm going to go with the over two and a half sets of plus one twenty five. Give me a marathon, a coin flip match going the distance. So once again, the lock for the show is going to be on Zverev plus three and a half games at minus one thirty five. And the dog will be Manorino and Korda over Two and a half sets of plus 125. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Find me on Twitter, at Rice Show Radio. Find me on the NBA show, the MLB show, the NFL show, WNBA show. You get the point. We'll be back once again on a Tuesday to go through the final in Beijing before previewing Shanghai, another episode. But until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.